Hey. Hey. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Shuffle and Flow Show. This is Nathan. This is Aaron. I'm Michael. And uh, before we get started, we're at Roxanne's in Long Beach. Roxanne's Bar and Grill. Thanks, come, Roxanne's. Come visit them. They've we're, been so gracious we, to allow they, us to film here. They have been. We're in Sports a working park. space right now, so you might hear some people moving around us. It adds to the whole atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so on this episode, we wanted to discuss sort of the idea behind moving past the everyday dancer mode into the big picture of life and what comes next after our bodies break down or we have a, a, an, indus, uh, 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 an injury or we are moved somewhere and we can't access our main career and we have to create something else. How does that come about and, and, and what gives us the special skills as dancers to be able to transition into something else? Nathan, how do you feel about that? I think um, it's, this is a great thing to talk about because dance really, for me, translates, dance translates into everything, into anything that it is that you, you feel like you want to do. I've always said to my student, dance students, uh, I've always encouraged them to have another passion, um, whether besides just dance. Like for, for um, Jeff Amson, it's riding horses, you know, or Victor Manuel riding horses. Um, for me, it was always golf or some other thing, Scott Benson, golfing. You know, he's a, he's a scratch golfer, and it's, it's, there's always something that... that uh, My other passion that, was drinking, but uh, that's another story. Those, 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 <laughs> those days are over. Long yeah. gone, yeah. long gone. Mine's no, delicious. No, but it's, you've had passion for design, for choreography, for, for, absolutely. for, um, for producing and directing. I mean, I think dance translates... If you wanted to be... Um, it, uh, any aspect of the industry dance translates into, because our aspect of it is harder than anybody else's, in my opinion. Um, because not only are you selling yourself as a product, you have to keep yourself super fine-tuned and you're not really getting a whole lot of appreciation for that. So um, it's a really difficult aspect of the industry, of the entertainment industry to be in um, if you wanted to translate from dance into, say, a makeup artist or wardrobe um, uh, stylist. To or, be a dresser. Or I, I translated into, uh, be, to be a dresser. I, I, I was behind the camera for years as a, uh, a DP, been a gaffer, I've been a grip. I've been. Um, I've done audio. I've, I've done all kinds of aspects of. I just. What, I was not happy with what I was seeing, um, uh, how I was seeing dance shot. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just do it myself and figure out how to shoot it myself so it looks how I want it to look. Duh. Um, and ended up making my living at it for a good 10, 12 years, and um, as well as dance. I'm still, you know, was still doing dance gigs uh, here and there, but. Um, you know, you do 10 dance gigs a year, it's still not enough to, that's not a living. Yeah. No. You know, and that's a lot of gigs, actually. And there are a lot of people that are just scraping by on those mm -hmm. six, eight, 10 jobs mm -hmm. a year. And it, it, it goes back to the point of, as dancers, sometimes we get caught in this dance bubble yeah. where nothing else exists outside of our dance studio and our dance life and our dance relationships mm -hmm. and our instrument. And for so long, and that can be a good thing, right? Yeah. To be gonna, so focused, focused. Absolutely. That's to be what makes so good. driven. But the, the, back, the back end The of back that. end it is you lose out on what has been happening on outside of life, right? Mm -hmm. on, on, and then sometimes you're so deep in that, life, life hits you with something because you weren't paying attention. We've all had that happen to us. We're I mean, all, oh, I have to pay taxes? Is that a thing? Oh, I have wait. to pay taxes? Okay. Oh, she wants a divorce? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm totally awesome. on the road? What? Why? <laughs> and, you know, I, after you know, I stopped performing full time, I, I went into producing and directing. But during mm -hmm. those down times, when you have the energy and the time and the wherewithal 
to do something new, I always wanted to learn something new that would add to my life, whether it was becoming a real estate agent just to buy land and property mm -hmm. to build my portfolio or to become as a designer because I really enjoyed mm -hmm. making, building houses. Uh, to have something different, like you said, Absolutely. have another passion that you can have that outlet. Um, he's also a pilot, he's also a Pilates instructor, he's like, there's nothing he doesn't do. We, we as dancers like to learn. Mm -hmm. we, we love to be challenged and we get real bored. I think we get bored easily as dancers. Um, we always want to be challenged and do something harder and better. Um, we want to be better than that guy over there and that guy over there and get that job. I don't know, I, I think it's, it's a very, you have to have a certain self-motivation to move forward in dance and because of that, Absolutely. you can translate it to another profession. Nothing you know, is as hard. Nothing so anything, you, anything you're going to try to do after that is kind of it's a it's a little easier at least in my experience. It's not indeed that's not an end all statement, but no no no. It's the, to be a professional dancer and to make a good living at it is a really difficult endeavor, a difficult undertaking. And if you can achieve that, then everything else is a little bit easier after that. Oftentimes, you know? those those other passions will come forward when we can't execute our main passion. So as an artist, if you're down because of an injury or you've moved or you, you want to be able to say, hey, I'm smart enough, I can do something else, I can learn something else and, and move me forward creatively. Through those dark times, oftentimes, another epiphany, another window will open up in your life that you had no idea would, mm -hmm. have, would have happened without that dark time. Have you come out of dark times thinking that you'd never, it, it, life would just be shit, and then that dark time created something new and beautiful for you? Every day I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I think we all have. We had this conversation earlier. You used the analogy of, of the, the lotus flower coming up through the mire, the mud. You know, out, out of the shit comes something quite beautiful. And I, at this age now, because I've, I've got you know a few more runs on the board, I can look back and, and not. I can get a little bit uptight and fearful and go, oh, you know, I'm, what's going on? Nothing's happening. I don't know where I'm going. I'm lost. You know. But you go, you know, it's cyclical. Everything comes around and you've got to hang in there. And, and in those dark times, you don't know where it's leaving. It's shaping you. It's, it's, it's forging you for whatever's coming next. I mean, I never wanted to be a choreographer. I, I mean, I'm a shit choreographer. Yeah, I used to teach for class and all that sort of thing. But, you know, after my first hip replacement and, and I wasn't doing anything, I had no work, feeling sorry for myself, trying to recoup my body. You know, I, there was nothing going, and I, I've got a mortgage, you know, kids and responsibilities, and, and feeling sorry for myself and thinking I'm never going to work again, my life's over. Then the other thing also too, you don't know what's around the corner, and, and someone can call you and offer you an opportunity, mm -hmm. and you have to be open mm -hmm. to it. And you know, so I get called to go to Cuba to to audition ballet dancers because the guy putting this show together didn't know what he was looking at, didn't know who was good and who wasn't good. So two days later, I end up in Havana. So I, okay, yeah, you know, pay me out there, have a good time in Havana, nice dinner and drinks and audition some good talent. And then from there, he's like, well, do you want to be a part of this and help us put this together? And I'm thinking to myself, well, Jesus, you know, I, don't, I didn't feel comfortable, but I had no other work, so what else am I going to do? And it's right. better than waiting tables, because, and, and I actually have a lifetime of dance, so I know a little bit about it. So you go, oh, yeah, okay, great. And I was shitting myself. I was absolutely shitting myself because and judging myself every step of the way. You know, this, this product's going to be crap. It's going to be terrible. But there's always that other little voice inside your head that says, no, 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 just calm down, breathe. 
All right, you can do this. You've had a lifetime of dance. You can stick a couple of steps together. You, you can get through this. And little bit by little bit, you build up a little bit of confidence and you stretch yourself. You put yourself into that uncomfortable position. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with another guy who was, who was an asshole. But it was a very good choreographer and he challenged me and it pushed me. And I, my competitive side, like you just said, came out and was like, right, no, I'm not going to be shit. I'm going to, you know, I put in the work and work harder. And next minute, I've got a choreographic career, which I never wanted, but that came out, you know? Um, so I was like, thank you, God. Um, and it's probably over the last sort of nine years kept me alive. And that's mm. Ballet Revolution? Yeah, Revolution, yeah. Out of Cuba. Out of Cuba, yeah. And they're still active? Still active. They're we, still touring? Still touring. We just finished our last tour, which was Europe and Australia. That was at the end of June. They're going to go back out again in February. So I think we're doing Europe again and then Asia. And then hopefully we, we're in talks right now for um, the United States. Nice. So That'd be awesome. Be, it would be amazing. I mean, look, it's, it's, we're not reinventing the wheel. It's a commercial dance show. But the dancers are amazing. And they make my half-assed shit look Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dancers can do that. They can take the worst oh. uh, movement and a great dancer can make it look fabulous. It's back to what, what you guys were saying, right? how it translates into, you know, yeah. not, in any career then, you know what the, the lengths you need to go to to make something work. And, and it's the same when you get a shitty choreography. And you know you just need to add a little bit more, okay, you add that spice, that little you know, missing ingredient. Do you think that self-motivation, that self-drive is innate in the dancer species or is it acquired or do some people have it and some people don't? I think whether you're in dance or you're not in dance, I think, it, that, I think that's a quality, that's a human trait. Some people are driven, some people aren't. Because I know there's certain dancers that I came up with at the age of 15, 16, they were amazing. They danced rings around me because I was never the best, the most talented, but I worked my ass off. And by the time I was 19, they couldn't shine my boots. And they were always like the golden kids, but they stopped working on themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that translates into any walk of life, any, any whatever career or whoever you are, it's, it's a human being. And uh, yeah, that plays into humility. Yeah, right? humanity. I think there's, you know, human beings, some are driven, some aren't. Right. It's the same in dance. Right. So you don't have that drive, if you don't have that self motivation, maybe an, a life of independence isn't for you. An independent artist isn't for you. Because it really does take. Every day, waking up, going, okay, special, who am I going to call? Who yeah. am I going to visit? What class am I going to take? It. Yeah, it's it's being a professional dancer and a classroom dancer are such different animals. The mm -hmm. business of dance is is quite. It's le it's taking a leap off the off the cliff if, yeah. to, to try to do it because you have to you have to commit to being available. Which is a huge one. It's hard to understand, but you have to commit to. If you if you book yourself up with all these little dinky little jobs, which I did for years, all these little industrial gigs and um, little, you know, maybe a. But I really wanted to do movies and commercials and and, and concert tours. And um, when I finally realized that if I say no to the small gigs, I'll be available for the big gigs. When I turned down, I had turned down Michael Kidd job. I turned down, uh, I turned down Jerome Robbins Broadway. Hello. Duh, what mm -hmm. a dumb move that was. <laughs> you know what I mean? You would have been so, so good in that show. Yeah, for about six months until I, my yeah, body broke down. Right. And I, I know, but yeah. you were built for that show. That, yeah. You were built for that show. Oh, well, you know, I, and that's okay. It was, it was, that was yeah, a career no, choice. You know? That was a time in LA, and I turned it down too. We both mm -hmm. got offered Jerome Robbins Broadway, and for me, it was a financial decision. Me too. I was making so much money. When the casting director money. calls you at home and says, don't take the job, 
Jay Bender, and then Grover Dale calls me at home and says, don't take the job. I'm like, oh, right. oh right. these are people that I respect. Yeah, so in dance, it's not just about what, how, who and what I'm going to be able to dance, but how am I gonna survive? And how is this job gonna help me move forward financially? Yeah. Right? And how am I gonna get more secure? Money. A yeah, lot of money doing For sure, yeah. for sure. $1,100 a week in, in New, New York, York doesn't City. go very far, right. and then they only offer us a six month contract. Right. You can't really get a lease. You can't do you that. You can't mooch off of people's couches for that long, whatever. <laughs> you know, when, you could have made it work. Aaron I probably would have. Aaron, <laughs> was, Aaron was talking about his work with Twyla on the last episode, and I wanted to touch about the life of a concert dancer in, uh, in, in juxtaposition of a, of a chair dancer. So there's a, a popular rock and roll, jazz dance, thrash movement, and mm -hmm. then you are suddenly put into Twyla Tharp's company. With Barishnikov. With Barishnikov on classical movement, modern movement, discipline, very, very specific movement. How did mm -hmm. that work with, with your psychology? Well, you know, Cher's warm up I had with the long hair, you know. <laughs> Bubba and I'd be there, we're like, we're about to go exactly with like it. I warmed up. Let's yeah, yeah. go. You know, Twyla, no, you know, you're in the studio maybe like 8.30 in the morning, warming up, class might start at nine, or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, you're there at nine, class starts at 9.30, 10. And then you've got an hour and a half class to get through, and then you've got rehearsals all day to get through, and then you've got a show to do at night, and and mm. it, and and, it, and it's notes, and, and and it's on the body, and then the touring—you're not in the same town, but you know it's hard too with the rock and roll stuff. And I would always do my bar and prepare and all that stuff. But the hardest I've ever worked was probably you know like that 18 months in that period doing that. Mm. Um, and but my body was a there was a point I remember, and you guys might know feel the same way when. I, in my mind, what I wanted to do, I could actually pull it off with my body. Yeah. I, could, I, was, I was that finely trained and, and mm -hmm. skilled, and I could, you know, and, and I could do it. And it's I'd, visualization. Yeah, right? but, yeah, but also the training. training. But yeah. the training, the, the body, as the, the, the mechanics of it, mm -hmm. you, you're so at doing class every day, and that's where classical ballet is the best, and you know, the precision of it, and being able to think of something and do it. You know, I want to do, do five pirouettes, I want to then I wanna take, take the, the foot from passe down then into fifth, and then keep turning, do another two here, and then bring it back up there, and then finish in, in Alice Alcabal, right. you know, like that. And I could, I could pull it off and do it, and everything was placed. And I wasn't hopping in on. I'd finish mm. like that, bam, and then I'd step out of it. Having that control. Control. You control. Know, that was amazing. But the grind of it, you, it, honestly, it was tired and fatigue, and your body's always aching and hurting. And mm -hmm. I think there's also something very masochistic to dancers because you get, Absolutely. you know, if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. And you're always carrying <laughs> injuries. It's a pair of shoes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, we flog ourselves. Yeah. Um, I'm still like that now. If I don't walk out of the gym and, I, and it's like, you know what, as you get older, you can pace yourself. But at a younger age, you got to break it, you got to hide. And, that's probably mm -hmm. why we're, we're broken. <laughs> indeed, yeah. indeed. I think Jackie Slight called it with me. She was like, if he keeps dancing like that, and within and by 27, he's going to have knee surgery. And she was right. She was mm. right. Yeah. Mm. She called it. Most definitely. Mm. When you were on tour with Paula, did you come into the same sort of drudgery? Did you feel it was a drudgery, or did you feel it was the excitement of touring the world? Oh, it was such excitement, and it was, it was so cool for me because I had just come out of... Um, uh, a couple of years before, I had I had co-founded Dancers Alliance, yes, and also gone through some legal stuff with Kenny and, and Greg Smith and that sort of stuff, and uh, and I had basically been blacklisted. 
Um, I was down to teaching in Agora one day a week and doing extra work on a different world. And then I got fired for being white, which is funny. Um, <laughs> You've never been good hilarious. at being white. I've never been good at that. I no. know. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was devastating. But uh, and Michael Peters had gotten me that job. He walked me into Debbie Allen and said, "This is this is the this is the guy. This is the one you want. This is he's one of the few that can actually do what you want him to do." Yeah. And uh, and then she fired me. And then, um, uh, but I had so I had I really I was broke, and I quit my job teaching in Agora. Because I said, I'm going to go on tour with Paul Abdul. And they were like, yeah, right. Uh-huh, you're a nobody. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a nobody. You're right. I went to the audition. Uh, oh, I didn't even get an audition for the job. My agent had not called me. That's how low on the totem pole I, I, I was. In, I had, because nobody wanted to work with me because I was a troublemaker. But and, you'd uh, worked with Paula earlier. I'd worked with Paula before, but yeah. I had also had a falling out with her. Because <laughs> she, had, she had, well, she lied to us. And then also... Um, was trying to force us to buy our own tap shoes, which were like 120 bucks for the gig. For the gig, and they were going to get ruined because you were like, you're going to be tap dancing in champagne in a warehouse. I'm like, yeah, it's, that's a hose <laughs> on the floor right. in a warehouse. You're going to be all wet, and you're going to ruin the 120 dollar tap shoes. We're only making 600 bucks on the gig. She was like, fuck you. I was like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> and I was, and I had tap shoes, which is hilarious. Oh my goodness. Poor Michael Rooney and, and Alex Magno didn't have them. And I was like, this is just wrong. It was wrong what you're doing. So I had gotten blacklisted um, to a large extent and um, auditioned for her tour. I, I called Bill Bowl, who we were talking about earlier. Three-day audition. Three-day, three day, yeah. I called him on Friday night. He said, come in Monday morning. Um, I, so I bypassed my agent. I, I called my agent, and I said, I'm no longer with you. She's like, oh, I was just going to call you to tell you I got tickets to your wedding. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Uh, this, this is, is hilarious. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, so awkward. So three-day audition, and I, and I luckily I booked the job, and I was so excited because this was like a rebirth of, of Nathan Prevost as one of the top pros in L.A., you know what I mean? For sure. And I was really, my, my training-wise, I was in class every single day, more than I was probably taking two or three classes a day, and uh, I was loving it, and I was, you were, I was right in that part where you're talking about where, um, I could execute exactly the way mm -hmm. I wanted to mm -hmm. execute everything that I wanted to execute. Mm -hmm. And um, the hardest stuff for me at that time was Jackie Slight's choreography because it was so, it was this pulled up jazz style that was also very, you had to travel. Mm -hmm. You had to get from here to there and four, right. in three steps. That's right. And, um, and the footwork was so important and it was so clean and so crisp and you had to, she, she asked you to do this crazy, it was so technical. Um, and you had to be in really, really, really fine shape to do it. Mm. And, uh, and I, was, I was doing it. Mm. I was really, really executing it. And, and not just executing it, but, but excelling. excelling at it and, and yeah. feeling great yeah, in yeah. it. And, and then there was Joe Bennett, who I, we haven't even talked about in this yeah. series. But he was an, he Classical was an incredible, jazz teacher. Legend. incredible influence on my, on my dance. Yeah. And, um, and he, was, he didn't even charge me for class. I'm not taking money from you. You're living in your car. I'm not taking money from you. I love it. And uh, he was an amazing man, uh, still is an amazing man. <laughs> Um, anyways, yes, Paula's tour was so, I was so excited, and I, I got married, that, like, had the audition, got married like three weeks later, hmm. um, we, the, the rehearsals weren't going to start till August, so we had like a month-long honeymoon, did not take any classes, not do anything, went, walked into rehearsals for eight hours a day for three months. We were ruined before we even started the tour. Oh my goodness! Our bodies were ruined. I oh remember. They brought in all kinds of crazy choreographers. Yeah, where, yeah. You know, like Daniel, Daniel Ezrelo, that uh, 
Miley, never Miley, used it. Was, yeah, yeah. Morley, Morley Steinberg. Morley, they, never, she never used any of her stuff and, wow. and uh, their stuff. Uh, maybe a little bit of Morley's, but um, she laughed as well. Did a bunch too. of flying and, so and cool. stilt walking and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it was just, it was such a fantastic job. Yeah. Really well directed and choreographed shows. It was choreography by committee. Who directed um, it? Uh, Horny Horns, Jeffrey Hornaday, oh, yeah, Jeffrey Hornaday. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, with Jerry Evans as the supervising choreographer. Mm -hmm. And they were best, they, they had been friends since they came Ross to town. Right, and um, uh, uh, their company Friends with Steve Merritt. That's right. They were they were really uh, they'd known each other and, and had trained together deeply in the in the seventies, and so they knew each other really well, and uh, so that yeah that was um, I was more excited about that job than I had ever been excited about any job in my mm -hmm. life. I was so I was like I've I'm, I've made it I've I've arrived, and then I had I got home had knee surgery, I got I got home from like the our last tour. Oh, Last show. Nine months, ten months? It was away? a year. Year or two. A hundred shows in a year, wow. something like that, or more. Um, Asia, all over Canada and the U.S. And, and um, did our last show at Universal Amphitheater in L.A. So it was like a big, you know, all of your friends the get to see one. you doing your thing, you know. And it was a, we were doing all of our biggest, best tricks. And, yeah. and um, But I had, um, my meniscus was detached in my knee, completely floating around and mm -hmm. in the right knee. So I had to have, I got home, I had knee surgery the next week. That week, my wife also left me, so I lost my house, my cats, uh, my job, and, uh, and everything all in one week. So I was like, went from the top of the world, yep. performing at Universal Amphitheater, to being, bam, down. Six months, later, six months later, I had 60 bucks in the bank. My wife had, had spent all of our money. That you made on tour. Yeah. She spent all your money. All of it. That and you I, had I only home. found out recently that, that she had rented a house without me knowing it in Ohio. I found he that out last year. He sent all of his tour money home. Yeah, I know. She and spent she it spent all. it. I know. She spent it all. And also becoming a On psychics too, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, trying to be a, a wicked some, some table tipping and oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so this, was, this is a perfect she, example of a... Rest in peace. Rest in peace. This is a perfect and, uh, example of a yeah. super dark time, right? Oh, yeah. Super dark. So super you went into time. a depression? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Hugely. You're trying to heal this knee. Yeah. It was like, I'm like, oh, everything's done. And you can't even move. Yeah. You're without a house, a wife, a cat. What do you do? Yeah. What do you Money. do from here? I, I want to know your, your, your mental state on how you dug yourself out of that dark area and what, um, what became of it. I searched out anybody or anything that could help me. Anything and everything, whether it was, I did a lot of yoga, I did a lot of meditating, I did a lot of physical therapy, I was doing Pilates, I was doing um, everything that I could figure out and find. Um, I was, um, we had an acupuncturist on tour with us on Paula's tour, Shen, um, he rest in peace as well. Uh, we had become really good friends on tour, and, and um, I had already a deep background in, in uh, the human body and knowing how it works, knowing how it operates. And he was teaching me a lot. And so I was, I would go see. He didn't have any office. He had just moved to LA after the tour because he wanted to live there and do that. And, and um, had met all these awesome people on our tour. And uh, so I would go over to his house, and he'd work on me. And he'd give me needles and needles and needles and needles, mm -hmm. and I'd, we'd do. We'd work out a trade, or I'd pay him somehow, or mm -hmm. figure out, or he'd mm -hmm. do it for free, or stuff. So I was I was working hard to get my body back in shape. And I knew um, one of the things that I knew is that I wanted to teach dance. I wanted. I was enjoying teaching dance in Agora um, at I can't remember the name of the studio, but uh, I didn't. I knew I didn't like dealing with the parents, but I loved dealing with the kids. I loved teaching dance and passing on what I had learned from other. Um, you know, amazing teachers and choreographers mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough to work with. So Scott Benson, bless his heart, got me the job teaching on convention for Dance Caravan, which is not even in existence anymore, but it was the oldest dance convention that it was well, like the first one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, from as far Danny as I know, where 
Yeah, exactly. Danny and Betty, and that's Danny where George Hermain started. It's where um, yeah, when and uh, so Scott got me that job for teaching for the summer. This is and during your rehab. Still, during my okay, rehab, so, my, okay. I was still in a, in a gigantic yeah. um, metal knee brace, like a skier's, like a football player's knee brace, teaching classes, doing double tours, and still doing my thing and, and uh, trying to figure it out. And um, and my goal that I wrote down during that was that by the end of the year, I want to be teaching on, on convention with Michael Chambers, Aaron Cash, and Jackie Slate. And you guys were teaching on, on, on Jackie's convention. And I was like, that's where, I, that's where I want to be by the end of the year. And sure enough, it worked out. But, um, like three weeks after I got home from that, I didn't even have a house. Uh, I was living in, off of people's couches in Is LA. That right at that time? And, uh, and uh, yeah, no apartment, no nothing. Oh, my my wow. stuff was in storage. My cats were in, when, uh, in Sonoma with my mom. Oh, and, uh, my because I miss my other cats so much, I went out and got new cats. <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah, I love those. They were great. Anyways, um, finally got a, finally got a, a place to live, and um, and within like three weeks after getting home, um, Jackie left me a message. Said I want you to be teaching next year, but you've got a long way to go. I don't think you can handle it. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna create a niche for you. You're gonna teach lyrical jazz. I'm like, great, awesome. I can do it. Um, and she, and she taught me a lot, she taught me how to, how to control a room, that's that, for sure. She taught me how to control a room as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm forever indebted, indebted Absolutely. to her. Absolutely. So many little tricks that she would just so pass, pass on. So many little tricks. Awesome tricks, too. So many great yeah. tricks. Divide a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get the room's attention. Divide and conquer. Yeah. It was Keep awesome. the little one's attention. Don't so stop for a second. Our point being, you yeah. guys, even though those darkest, darkest times, where you just think nothing is gonna get better and you might as well throw it all in, you can create your own destiny from those dark times. You can reach down deep and pull out the same motivation and discipline that created you as a dancer. In the first place. In the first place to do something more and better and bigger and grander and more full of love. So don't despair if you're down right now. Pick yourself up, start with a small step and move from there. We appreciate you watching, you guys. If you want to reach out to us, theshuffleandflow at gmail.com. Like, share, subscribe, and uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Be kind yeah. to each other. Ciao. Ciao. Wear your underpants. <laughs>